This podcast represents my opinion and the opinion of my guests. This is not medical advice, and I am not establishing a patient-physician relationship with any listener. The content here should not be taken as medical advice. The content here is for informational purposes only. And because each patient is so unique, please consult your healthcare professional for any medical questions you may have. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Not Your Doc podcast. It's good to be here once again with Mr. Not Your Doc himself, Dr. Charles Tadros. How are you doing today? Very well. Nice, bright, sunny day here. I know. It's lovely. St. Louis is appropriate for the middle of winter. Yes, exactly. After our kind of wimpy snowstorm Very that came wimpy. through yesterday. Anyway, Boy. Three to five to seven inches or ten yeah. inches and it was probably less than two. Two, yeah. And it like barely even got below freezing, so it was just slop <laughs> falling off the trees. Uh, it's all right. It's it's uh, safer for uh, driving. <laughs> not as much for sl- not much fun for sledding. Yeah, that's true. We didn't have to move any patients around and that's no, what that's that right. makes me happy. We're here today with uh, Seth uh Seth Gabriel from from uh, Benton uh, Park Media. Yes. Absolutely. Our producer, Seth. Um, And I'm Vanessa, of course. So um, we are going to kick it right off. So I'm looking forward to our topic today because it's it's one that we sort of teased in the first season. Mm -hmm. Um, One of the purposes of your wanting to do this podcast, Dr. Tadros, was to help empower people to take charge of their own health care and to contribute to that, um, you are helping us pull back the curtain on what can be a very opaque and hard to navigate system. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So uh, many commonly experienced healthcare problems such as stomach pain or tiredness can have many causes and even more possible treatments. Yes, And I think most people listening to this will be able to relate to the frustration of going to the doctor for, you know, anything less straightforward than like a sinus infection or routine screening. Right. And then leaving without the feeling that they have a satisfactory explanation or a solution for whatever symptom it is that they're experiencing. Yes. So um, I think that we, excuse me, uh, I think that from my perspective as a non-clinical person, I was trying to think about this, you know, like what what really are the major roadblocks for, you know, regular non-medical people like me, um, Mm -hmm. you know, when we're trying to find an answer to some sort of symptom that's bothering us that isn't very straightforward. So Mm -hmm. I think there's there's three there's three issues that really come up. So the first one is that, you know, as you know, untrained professionals, we aren't privy to the thought process that clinicians use Mm -hmm. to systematically rule out options, make a diagnosis and suggest treatment. Mm -hmm. Um, And one of the things, especially you, you talk about this a lot is that, you know, as regular people, we, we tend to make sense of our issues by sort of assigning our own meaning to them. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's not a very, scientifically sound way to figure out cause and effect for any of our problems. But so, you know, just as patients, we typically think, oh, I think, you know, what I ate is related to how I feel or how I moved or my activity is how it related to how I feel. Mm -hmm. And clinicians are trained to think differently and we just don't really understand that thought process. So that's one. Mm Yeah. The thought process is, is new for us. Number two, we don't have the clinical knowledge mm-hmm. of diseases and disease processes to understand all of the possible causes and treatments for our ailments. So right. that kind of goes hand in hand with the first one. 
Um, we obviously didn't go to med school. And the other thing is we, we also don't know what can happen if we leave our ailment untreated, right? right. Yes. We can kind of assume that, you know, if it's something that doesn't bother me that much or that I can comfortably get over, that it isn't something worth exploring. And, right. You know, obviously that's not always the case. That's right. So the thought process Clinical knowledge, and then third is we aren't well versed in the structure of the healthcare system, mm-hmm. um, and that's the one that we have to navigate in order to get the ailment accurately diagnosed and treated. And so this is everything from, you know, insurance to hospital systems, medical groups, specialists, and labs. Um, I can you know speak personally with this that. I have a tendency to become so overwhelmed mm-hmm. with the necessary steps, the number of visits and phone calls, not to mention the, the costs, right? The yeah. actual money you have to spend on this. Right. That's a good point. On, on finding appropriate care that I just sort of shut down and, and choose to, you know, accept whatever this thing is that's bothering me as just part of life mm-hmm. um, because that's a, a, a more comfortable alternative mm-hmm. than to like, willingly engage in this process that brings me so much stress. Yep. Um, but, you know, once again, this can have deadly consequences depending on what the what the actual issue is itself. And so I, I'm, I'm just so grateful that we get to pick your brain today and you can help us sort of illuminate, um, you know, why this is important to you as a physician. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for bringing it. These are all, I, I like the way you've structured it, and we get, there's a hundred different ways we can go about this, but we're going to get through this, and uh, yeah. hopefully we'll come out the other end with some a clear understanding yeah. about, uh, and also res- know your resources, and that's just like I have to look at resources. You guys, you'll have resources to look at, too, more consistently. Yeah, for good. sure. So I think, Dr. Tadros, I've come up with like, or you and I have come up with a, a good way to help listeners sort of like work through this progress and mm-hmm. or process and sort of think about these roadblocks. Mm-hmm. And we're going to use an example, a, yes. a patient example right. of, um, and in this case, we're going to do acute low back pain. Mm-hmm. And you're sort of going to walk us through um, these different roadblocks. So the thought process that the clinician used to treat, mm-hmm clinical knowledge, and then also how to navigate the healthcare system to get something like this addressed. Yes. So, um, you know, with an eye to those things, or an ear to those things, since we're on a podcast. Sure. Um, t- tell, me, tell me your thoughts to start with. Have I framed this up appropriately? Do you think we're going to be able to accomplish... Is a yeah. reasonable expectation for us to be able to accomplish yeah, this Yeah, we won't be able to cover every, every possible angle, but that's that's part of my message is that you don't need to know everything and think of everything in order to get the most common things uh, correctly uh, understand. So I think that's a, a, an important piece that you don't have to be uh, top of your med school class in order to understand uh, or nursing school class or nurse mm-hmm. practitioner in order to understand the common uh, things. So we picked a fairly simple, uh, not quite straightforward, a low back pain sure. as, as just kind of a case, what we mm-hmm. call case study. So what, what we do in, me- in medicine and they do this in business school and law school, um, they, they pick cases and from those cases, they the different decision points and different pieces of information, you can branch off and to understand a lot more than just what's in the case. Mm. But uh, what we, what we, what, Anybody in any any profession, engineering, um, uh, uh, culinary, you're always interested in the the possibilities. What are the most likely to the least likely possibilities? If mm. you can uh, arrange them in that rank order, 
But what you're always interested in is understanding your resource, you know, what, what we're talking about. So naming it as best as you can or initially naming it. And you can always change it later. And number two, your resources, whether it's people or, or websites or books. Uh, and number three, your different, what we call in medicine, differential diagnosis, the list of possibilities. Um, and typically, um, we, we, we want to know the most common, most likely thing mm-hmm. to happen. Um, so, uh, for instance, lung cancer tends not to help uh, happen to a 12-year-old who just started smoking, uh, but it may happen to a 65-year-old who's been smoking for 30 years. So certain things that we worry about are more common in certain groups. So we call this a pretest probability. And we'll talk about a little bit about Bayes, B-A-Y-E-S uh, uh, theorem, and uh, eventually we'll talk about it actually <clears throat> separately. Uh, because this is the way kind of how we assess whether physicians realize it or not. Uh, we, this is how we assess uh, risk as we get more information. Hmm. Um, and so that's that's uh, what we automatically do without actually naming it uh, sure. sometimes. Um, so anyway, I chose I chose uh, a kind of a, um, an aggregate of a female, uh, a pretend female patient who's an aggregate of many patients that I've had in the past, including my low back pain. Mm-hmm. So I'll start there if it's all right. Sure, please. Right. What's her name? Can yeah. we give her a name? Well, let's, what, what would you like to name her? You... What about Layla? Layla it is. Layla. Layla is our patient today. Layla. All right. Um, uh, so Layla, this is this is. So I'm going to say it kind of in a format. It's not quite the format that we would do it in med school or residency. Uh, med school is or and uh, and uh, is uh, after four years of undergrad. Uh, this another is gra- considered graduate school, mm-hmm. and then uh, residency is a postgraduate uh, kind of a program. So uh, med school. So uh, uh, there's an old fashioned way of doing it, but I'll do it a little little uh, a little newer. But so we'll call Layla is a 27 year old female in her usual state of health. We don't know what that is, but. Okay. It was in her usual state of health, no prior falls or accidents or traumas that have affected her low back pain. Her chief complaint is low back pain. I should have started like that. She presents to her primary care physician's office, this is an internist in this case, uh, with 10-day history of right low back pain. Uh, she states that this she was uh, getting out of her car at the airport or was bending down to pull out a 25-pound roll-on bag when she felt a sudden sharp pain in her right low back and a, heard a pop mm. um, in, her, uh, in that same area of her right low back pain. It was right above her waistline, and it kind of made her collapse a little bit to her knees. Um, so uh, she, was, uh, she states that the pain was right there above her waist, um, above the pelvis, uh, right on the right low back. Um, it did not shoot anywhere, did not radiate anywhere, <clears throat> didn't rodi- radiate down her leg, didn't radiate into her pelvis or her abdomen. She had no associated fevers or chills or rash or shooting pains. You want to you want to go over kind of that statement and just kind of yeah, kind please, of break it yeah, down? help us help us understand what you're saying there. So we everything and we should and, and people put in ex, excess information that's not useful, but in this case, a 27 year old gives us a hint uh, that young or relatively uh, sure. re- relatively young. So we tend not to think of old person diseases okay. like aneurysms mm-hmm. and that can cause a back pain and and, and cancer so mm-hmm. that's the first or thing. osteoporosis or osteoporosis with the bone issue Bingo. okay yeah female 
so sometimes females have different causes for low back pain than men because sometimes what we call uh, referred pain from the pelvis, mm. uh, ovaries and, and, and fallopian tubes and uterus, uh, which uh, the men uh, t- uh, don't have, can also sometimes radiate into, uh, into the lower back uh, in certain situations. When you say know. radiate, the pain mm-hmm. radiate, sure. what does that mean exactly? That's right. So uh, it's called referred or re- uh, pain. So uh, even though your ovary is in the middle of your pelvis down low, it can shoot pain into your uh, into your back of your pelvis or into your low back um, as if and you've heard for instance pregnant women yeah uh, if uh, they have they have back cramps or back labor uh-huh. well their uterus is not in their back but that's whenever they have a baby in the uterus and they're having uh, uh, contractions they can feel it in the low pelvis and the belly but they can also feel it in their back mm. so it's called referred pain or radiating pain okay so it's um, and that's a it, function of how the nerves work that's right, right. Okay. that's right that's exactly exactly what it is is because the same ner- the the nervous system uh, 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 for the that innervates the uterus uh, in this case, also innervates uh, stuff uh, areas in the on the surf in the back. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Okay, thank you for clarifying. Yeah, same thing. By the way, uh, with heart attack patients, they sometimes think that they have gas or indigestion mm. because this heart and the stomach can share some of the same sensory nerves. Mm. So it kind of your your body confuses uh, the two, and or it's easy for you to confuse the two because. Um, they share the, the two structures that are unrelated. The stomach and the heart uh, share some of the same nervous system. Okay, that yeah. makes sense. So female, uh, so we, we think about female organs. Uh, usual state of health, that means nothing, that means she's nothing, nothing acute, uh, that she's been stable in terms of her health. It could be terrible health, but she's stable. Mm-hmm. And no prior falls or accidents. And so nothing, no, no traumatic instances, no, 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 no falls off of, off of ladders, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And she presents to her primary care physician's office as opposed to the emergency room, gives you a hint that it's probably not uh, uh, an emergency, uh, oftentimes uh, because they're able to, she waited 10 days. Sometimes it's because the physician office couldn't get her in any sooner sure. but sometimes it's because they can self-medicate or self-treat away from there or they're trying something else with another practitioner we'll hear about that um, she said the mechanism of action which was she was getting out of a car she was twisting and bending to grab a 25 pine thing that was not at, at, the, uh, at the center of her mass but extended where she had to extend her arm to get it out of the back seat and twisting so twisting and bending mm. uh, put a high torque on your low back okay. <clears throat> Uh, so and no fevers or chills, so it tells us probably less likely to be infectious. And a couple of different types of infections can cause low back pain, rashes like shingles, uh, or shooting pains uh, that uh, where it was such a bad uh, 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 injury that it was compressing nerves that was causing pain to shoot away from the low back where, where she heard the pop and the mm. initial pain, but it, it was shooting down her leg, for instance, sciatica and other uh, nerves that would be trapped by by discs. Okay. So that's kind of why we say these things. Yeah. No history of kidney stones because kidney stones can sometimes, pain can start if you try to pass a kidney stone and I've been fooled more than once. Somebody says I bent over and all of a sudden they had back pain and we'd later find out it was not just because they're bending over. It just happened to be that they were starting to pass a kidney stone. Wow. And that's, and that's why, and that's so we were misled by, by the, uh, by, by that. So that's, so no kidney stones. Great. Um, <clears throat> we, we, uh, oftentimes we, we want to know, uh, the kind of what, uh, uh, when, why, how much, and what makes it better or worse. Mm. So the kind of the, 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 all the questions. So the next thing is what increases the, the pain is with coughing, sneezing, laughing, bending uh, to lift. Those are called, we'll call these valve solve maneuvers. These put increased uh, increase abdominal <clears throat> pressure 
so uh, so cough and sneeze and laugh. Mm -hmm. um, uh, those are typically you tighten your vocal cords so that you force air through a tight area. And that also has back pressure that you can uh, actually into the nervous system and also into your abdomen. Okay. Uh, and then bending and lifting is a mechanical, kind of simulates kind of what she was doing. Mm -hmm. uh, it tends to be better, the pain in the right low back tends to be better with heat and reclining. Uh, so kind of in the uh, reclining in a, in a recliner or sofa or even in bed. Uh, so, which is an appropriate sign for mm -hmm. musculoskeletal. Why? Uh, why is that an important thing to identify? What What makes it feel better? Mm -hmm. Can that be a red herring? Sure, sure, it can be, um, and, and we can talk about that. But uh, but certainly, um, um, so for instance, uh, Motrin or Tylenol, is oral uh, anti pain analgesics and anti-inflammatory. Mm -hmm. um, Tylenol has no people mis misconstrue it as having the same thing as Motrin. Uh, Motrin is the same as Advil. Uh, uh, right. So. Uh, acetaminophen and ibuprofen. Right. So acetaminophen is Tylenol. Ibuprofen is the Advil Motrin. Um, so uh, Tylenol is uh, 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 an analgesic, a pain medicine, a non-steroidal. Doesn't have any steroids in it. And it's a pain. It's kind of a pain medicine, analgesic. Whereas uh, Motrin, which is ibuprofen, and same thing as Advil, is an analgesic, anti-inflammatory. So it mm. has pain and inflammation. So it's not the same. And they don't have the same potential side effects for stomach and kidneys and blood pressure. Sure. So, uh, so, um, and it turns out that Motrin and and uh, something that she got from her mother, flexural muscle relaxer, tended to help uh, also. So, what also made it better was heat, reclining, and uh, Motrin and flexural. Heat we mm -hmm. think of as something whether it's hot tub or hot pad, um, or, uh, is that something helps relax the muscle. Mm -hmm. um, uh, so uh, the patient, uh, so uh, what we're going to talk about next is uh, a little bit uh, more about her. Uh, patient is uh, now working as a book editor. She doesn't exercise ex uh, formally, but she does walk her dog for about an hour a day. Um, she lives in her, uh, with a partner in, her, in, their, con in their condo. Uh, she states that she is seated uh, most uh, of the time whenever she's up and around and awake because of her work. Mm. Um, and uh, that uh, when she was in high school, uh, women tend to stop uh, uh, growing height-wise about age 16, boys about age 18. Uh, so uh, let's say she's a fully grown woman at senior year in high school. Her weight was 165 pounds, which is um, uh, 50, uh, 25 for the body mass index mm -hmm. at five foot eight. I'm sorry, I didn't mention that. Five foot eight, sure. uh, uh, 165 pounds. And uh, she also uh, uh, played field hockey and basketball. Um, and then, so she was active in high school. Now, uh, so she's now 27, so she went from 18 to 27. Her body, she's 185 pounds, so she's a body mass index of 28. So a, a body mass index of 25, she was right, and she was probably athletic. We don't mm -hmm. know what her percent body fat was, but sure. at 25, it's right at the borderline of being overweight. And at body mass index now at 185 pounds, her body mass index is 28. So it went from 25 to 28 for the body mass index. Mm -hmm. She went from borderline overweight to, to overweight. Um, weight uh, impacts uh, health of your back. Sure. Uh, <clears throat> she does smoke tobacco, and it turns out that studies have shown that uh, the, many, the amount of cigarettes you use and for how long you use it increases your chance of low back pain. So believe That's it or not, yeah, smoking, there are a couple of theories behind it. Everything that smokers may be more, more sedentary uh, to uh, that, uh, that uh, using nicotine products uh, may uh, 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 work to break down elastic tissue, mm. part, part of the, what, what's in your disc, yeah. in, your, in your low back. Um, 
patient has normal and regular menstrual periods, although mid-cycle, which is about the time of ovulation, she, t she will occasionally get sharp uh, pain in either right or left pelvis that doubles her over for about 36 hours. Hmm. She's, um, this is right whenever she's ovulating. She's been to the emergency room twice in the last year, uh, but still has not followed up with her GYN. The ER had not found anything. Sure. Um, she is gravita zero, para zero, abortus zero. So gravita means how many times she's pregnant, para is how many times, how many babies she has, and abortus is how many babies uh, that were uh, that uh, either uh, spontaneously or voluntary uh, abortions. Mm -hmm. uh, that helps us a little bit with some of her GYN health sure. and history. Um, she's had five UTIs um, in the last year and a half. Um, they've been treated over the phone. She mm. has so uncomplicated UTIs. Uh, uh, and uh, so she's not really ever had um, uh, a uh, urine dipstick for UA or a urine culture. Uh, but treating her over the phone for typically three days at a time, uh, that's all you need typically antibiotics for for uncomplicated UTIs. Um, it's not, not, not up in the kidneys. It's mm -hmm. not associated with STD. Um, that's been, uh, so she's been able to do that. And UTIs have never affected her back. She's on these medicines. She's on Prozac. She's on uh, Motrin, which is just recent start, so the last 10 days. And a muscle relaxer she grabbed from her mom. Her mom offered to her. It's called Flexoral or Carbamazepine. Um, uh, cyclobenzaprine, excuse me, cyclobenzaprine. Uh, so she's on those, uh, on those medicines. Uh, she's already tried in the last 10 days a chiropractic treatment, uh, which has helped for a few hours mm. after each one. Uh, this is a high. Uh, 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 this is called high velocity uh, uh, manipulations, uh, low amplitude. So it's called high velocity, low amplitude. The idea of the cracking or snapping that you sometimes uh, hear sure. if you watch uh, TikTok videos and stuff like that. Has she had any traction therapy done? She's not. Know? As far I did not ask her about that. Okay. So this, in this case, we don't have. And uh, she's had uh, she's had heating pads uh, also that have helped, like I mentioned. Family history is just significant for her mom, who has had uh, back surgery for a disc that uh, that was compressing a nerve that was shooting down the mom's uh, leg. So mm. her mom her mom has had back problems also. Sure. Uh, but more more serious than uh, her, her the patients uh, her daughters. Um, she required surgery. Um, so the vital signs. So that's the next is the the, the physical exam. Mm. Vital signs. That's the blood pressure. Pulse, which is heart rate, uh, beats per minute, uh, temperature, uh, sometimes oxygen, uh, sometimes pain scale. Uh, so vital signs are ac acceptable for her age. Uh, temperature, she's afebrile, means no fever. Her weight's 185 pounds, like she had stated. Uh, uh, the, you look at the you examine. So typically, we have the people. We step out. We have the people undressed to a certain level. So whether it's a paper gown, a cloth gown, we want to be able to see the skin, the posture. It's hard to see whenever people have clothes, especially layers of clothes, yeah. clothing on. Unfortunately, what's happened over the years is uh, what I've found is more and more physicians tend not to undress their patients mm -hmm. appropriately mm -hmm. uh, with appropriate cover up and stuff like that because it's just easier to listen to your heart through your clothes or just uh, you know open up your t just pull down your t-shirt. And I'll just listen and stuff like that. So I find that we we not only miss we don't do, do the exam for what we're looking for as well, but we also miss other things like a skin cancer or a melanoma mm. uh, or or, or uh, something else that we could uh, we could uh, see whenever we're looking at, uh, for instance, in this person's back. Um, so. Um, so in this case, uh, the skin over the torso looks uh, normal, no rat. 
Norash that goes with shingles, which is a, a old chicken pox that uh, lives in your nervous system. Um, the patient's in mild distress because she's kind of bent over at the hips uh, a little bit, um, at the at the waist, um, and uh, whenever the gait. So when we the the stance and the gait, the stance is how how the person stands. In this case, the patient's standing with her uh, right. Uh, posterior pelvis, the back of her right pelvis, a little higher than the left. Mm. So it's tilted up. We, we take this. It could be old. It could be something that she's already sure. had for years. Or it could be spasm, that yeah. you're spasming the, the muscles on that side to protect. Sure. So she's kind of favoring further. one side or the other. That's right. Okay. Bingo. Right. And the gait just shows that she's kind of limping a little bit because you could tell she doesn't want to jar her back by, by walking too much. Right. And she's holding her right back with her hand a little bit, kind of putting pressure on it. Sure. Um, uh, the whenever whenever you look from the side, uh, pelvis is tilted forward. Um, that's potentially due a couple of things, but potentially due to her weight, uh, it will tilt the, the the pelvis forward. So her pelvis is a little bit higher on the right than the left when you look from the back, and when you look from the side, her her, her pelvis is tilted forward. When you go to physical therapists and they look at some of that stuff, that's some of the stuff they try to work with you to correct, mm-hmm. and, they, and they look they look even further to leg length discrepancy, your arches, and some other things. Mm-hmm. Um, Whenever you have the patient uh, bend forward, it worsens her right low back pain. When you have the patient bend, hyper expend, extend or bend a little bit backwards, it worsens the right low back pain. Twisting at the waist, however, does not worsen the right low back pain. Uh, whenever you palpate or touch uh, the 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 the, uh, and, and, uh, the the vertebrae, the back of the vertebrae, um, uh, is, they're not tender. But if you go to the right, where the muscles and the ligaments are, right of the low back uh, vertebrae, it's tender there. Mm-hmm. Um, um, uh, whenever you have the patient se- seated and the legs are dangling, not touching anything, you can use a reflex hammer and t- tap their knees, the patellar reflex, and that's equal. Mm-hmm. That tells us about the, what we call the spinal reflex. This is uh, you don't need a brain for this. All you need is uh, nerves to your knee, uh, to your uh, tendons in your knee, and go to your spine and come back to your mm-hmm. muscles in your in your thigh. And so you could tap that, and that tells us that the circuit. Uh, that that is, is intact. So the knees it's are unlikely intact. that she has a spinal cord injury that's, that's causing right, the behavior of, okay. of significance or a spinal right. nerve injury. That's correct. That's very good. Uh, so both the knees. So that's uh, uh, so that tells us um, the the reflexes are L four L five. So the lumbar fourth and fifth uh, um, uh, um, uh, nerves uh, innervate the the reflex there, and then the reflex of the ankles, which is uh, sacral uh, about sacral nerve one, the first sacral nerve. If the, and the, those are normal, that tells us that also. So that's those are some of the lower part of the low back uh, nerve, nerve uh, reflexes. Got it. Yeah, it's very good. Okay, so Layla has gone to her primary care physician, you know, complaining of low back pain. So these are, so this sort of like physical exam, the history of the present illness, some of her medical history mm-hmm. stuff, mm-hmm. Um, her her family medical history, and right. then also how how she's presenting in the moment from the physical exam. These are all. Right. Not all of these pieces would be like checked by the doctor. Like some of it might be stuff she reported either like in her chart upon check in mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. that the nurse asked her about when she right. was checking in. Correct. That's exactly right. Okay. So um, when when you know Layla is finally face to face with the doctor and he has this information about her, mm-hmm. um, we kind of went through like you're, you're going to talk to us more about the disease process in a second mm-hmm. here. So mm-hmm. what? Um, what other things, like other than like the, her her existing medical issues, might be going through his head mm-hmm. at the time of this con- consultation? Sure. 
So a variety of things. So first of all, uh, is it real? Is everything that she's described real? Is it consistent? Mm. Right. Can so, you talk more about that? Yeah. Well, so some there's a variety of things. Number one, uh, some people are are uh, malingering. Uh, this is not the first thing that we think of, by the way. It's probably much, much later, sometimes sure. several visits later. Uh, but some people are malingering. They don't want to go to school. They don't want to go to work. They, they want to establish a uh, 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 paper trail of, uh, of an injury uh, that they're going to want compensation for, uh, et cetera. So that's one thing. But that's not usually the very first thing. Sure. The next thing is... <clears throat> If, if she's minimizing, or any patient is minimizing, uh, or, ma- or, 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 uh, or, uh, or maximizing mm-hmm. some of this, uh, the, the stuff. So if, if and this is, this is one of the things, and other physicians do this too, if they're laughing and, and, and twisting and turning in the, in the waiting room, and then they walk back, and as they walk back, they grab their back and stuff like that, oh, gives yeah. you gives you a hint okay. that it might not be as bad as they're saying, or yeah. there may be an affective or an emotional component to it. Uh, so that's the first thing. The other thing, we don't want to minimize uh, things. So a lot of people uh, will minimize uh, for a variety of reasons. They don't want to rack up a bill. Right. They don't want to stay around too long. They're, fr- they're, they're, they're worried that, um, that they're going to have to miss out on whether sports. This is a big thing with when my, my wife is a school nurse. And if the kids are sick, they can't play. If they miss school that day, they can't play that night. Yeah. And so they don't want to be sick. Right. Uh, so if they're fever or throwing up or whatever, you know, so you got to go home. Uh, they, they, they kind of freak out because they're already wearing their jersey for that evening's right. game and stuff like that. Uh, so there's a there, so you have to kind of think about all the angles of real human beings that have real uh, uh, that have other other uh, gains and on uh, other needs, and it's not just about their back. Now some people exaggerate the symptoms because they feel like they have to say something big in order to get attention. Yes, not necessarily attention. You know, everybody stops what they're doing, but attention because they're afraid they're not going to get good care. Sure. Uh, so that's the other piece of it. And some there. of that can be based on their personal that's right. reality that's or correct. even, that's exactly you know, what it is. The, rea- the reality of their, fa- their families their family. or that's maybe right. even their cultural group hasn't been treated well in the past. So that's, right. that's a real, a real concern. That's sure. a real concern. It's, it's very real and it needs to be addressed. What I'm bringing these up, not because, because what happens is we under over treat, we underestimate the danger or the significance or, uh, or, uh, or overestimate the danger and significance. And both th- those things cost us uh, time and money, sometimes uh, health and lives. Mm. So we have to be careful <clears throat> about some of these things. And so sometimes when, I, when I'm reassuring somebody, in this case is going to be pretty benign, uh, when I'm reassuring somebody, I always want to tell them, but, and this is what the ERs do, but if this, this gets worse or if this, this changes right. or this says, please come back or please call the, go to the ER. Right. Because what we don't want is, and what patients, what people, what physicians have not said out loud is that patients want us to be perfect. Maybe not from, you know, for heart attack or stroke mm-hmm. or something, they want us to be perfect right within the first few minutes. They don't sure. want us to miss anything from the emergency room. Correct. But for something where it's not as obvious, they want us to pick. A, they want us to be pretty definitively right within a couple of visits. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, so uh, yeah, nobody says, ah, oh, you know, my doc got close enough, but I suffered for three months. Yeah, nobody, nobody says, nobody wants to say that. They want to say, I went back three times and I brought attention, or I told them something's different, or the, uh, the medicine wasn't working. The doc said, hey, wait a minute, let's go backtrack and let's look at, let's re-listen and, uh, to what you said, let's re-examine, let's re-discuss. Mm-hmm. Um, so people want you to be right. Uh, that's their health, their life, their money, their time, um, and so there's. Uh, fortunately, some things just get better no matter what the doc says or does. Yeah. You know, viral sore throats. <clears throat> no matter what I give you, 
You're gonna get 99, the vast majority of young, healthy people, middle-aged people are gonna be fine. Yeah. So even if I'm totally wrong, you're gonna be really, you're gonna be great. But the worry always is, just like you mentioned earlier, people are worried if they don't tell you a lot or tell you enough or tell you the right thing, that you're gonna miss something. You're not sure. gonna ask further and you're gonna yeah. miss something. And it's because they didn't divulge everything that they could think of, that their mother and their grandmother, so anybody where I talk about today and they start back in 1978, right. uh, I'm like, <laughs> uh, I kind of roll my eyes because it's very likely something from 1978 affects you today in terms of your physical sure. issues. But 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 that's what they're, but that gives me a hint that that's what they're worried about. Yes. They're worried that they're, that they're, they're there's not going to be enough information for me to make a good decision and guide them in, 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 the right, in the right way. Yeah. yeah. I think some of that ties in with, you know, <clears throat> excuse me, just as regular people people are desired, are desired to assign meaning to mm-hmm. our issues. Mm-hmm. <laughs> excuse me. And come up with, a, a, you know, a reasonable explanation for That's what's right. going on with us. So that kind of begs the question, like if, you know, when Layla is in here explaining what's going on, one thing I noticed in your kind of your, you know, your presentation of your case study that all this is very like objectively right. observable stuff, right. either measurable or observable with the naked eye yes. or just um, pretty uh, easy to corroborate information mm-hmm. that's fairly easy to corroborate. Yes. Um, does so does Layla need to be concerned that her own theory about what might be causing her 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 pain or her injury or anything like that is not going to be taken into consideration right. if it's not covered in that? That's correct. One of, because I'm, I'm an old doc and I, I used to uh, what I do now and you've heard me say hundreds of times. I ask people, "What do you think is wrong?" So mm. now some people take this to mean, "Oh my God, he went to med school and residency. Yeah, he doesn't know what is wrong. He's asking me." <laughs> Uh, so that's the first thing. I've actually had people say, "I'm not the doc. I'm not yeah. the." And so I, so I have to go back and correct and say, I, "No, I already have ideas of what was happening. Sure. I just want to make sure that I address, just like you said, what your worries are, what yeah. your, what you think may be happening, what you think, because they link things, uh, they link it to things that, like I said, from 1978 that has nothing to do with it, but in their mind it, do, it may have, and I have to address that specifically, mm. or else they think I'm an idiot because I obviously missed the obvious connection that they knew about." But they never mentioned it, and I never asked. <clears throat> That's very clever, I and a, a sign of a great doctor, obviously. No. Well, it's just old, old, <laughs> old, 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 old doctoring. Is it, um, you know, is it possible that at Layla's appointment, you know, the her her doctor can be, you know, distracted by other yeah. things that are going on, trying to stay on I'm schedule? I'm glad you mentioned that. So this is these are hints. If the doc, if you're on time or early. This is my, you know, as my, my wife is from old German. If you're if you're on time, you're late. Uh, so if if you're on time or early, and everything's delayed, you did not delay. You filled out everything and stuff like that, but it's delayed. Whether it's the front desk or the doc or whomever, it's delayed, delayed, delayed. You can be almost assured that something is going to be either right, whether even if it doesn't look rushed, it's in their mind or on their schedule. Something is is backing up. It's going to feel rushed to them, even if it's not obvious to you, because sure. they're a good good physician, good nurse practitioner and stuff tend not to make you want to feel rushed. They want to make sure they address all your problems. You repeatedly ask anything else, anything else, but they recognize, you know, if you give them really something big, anything else, or, you know, that's going to, that's going to even put them further behind. So even as if you get in relatively, not within 15 minutes into the room, the doctor doesn't, you know, doesn't come in within relative another, you know, within another five, 10 minutes. Um, Cause sometimes they'll move you into a room. Right. But, but the doctor, but the doctor, yeah, yeah, just, yeah, you could have just as easily waited out in the waiting room. Uh, So now it's a room without windows. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, so that's part of the problem that we run into. Um, And this week we make another podcast about how I, uh, about, um, 
about some of these urgent versus chronic uh, patient needs and conditions mm -hmm. and how we try to overlap. We, we take care of them in the same At office the same visit time, yeah, and absolutely. it tends not to work very well. Sure. Um, it's it's important that somebody knows a lot about you and overall uh, big picture, but boy, it just doesn't work out very well in scheduling wise. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so the, you know that kind of addresses like our you know the first roadblock we were talking about, which is just a lack of insight into the thought process that your clinician is right. utilizing when they're thinking about your problem. So let's move into the next one, which is you know the actual medical knowledge and the disease process itself. Mm -hmm. So Layla's in at this appointment with her primary care physician. He he or she has reviewed all of this information in her HPI. Mm -hmm. um, he has listened to her account. He's observed her with his eyes. Now he's going to make some suggestions about what some of the possible causes are and possibly mm -hmm. make a diagnosis. Sure. So what are the possible causes for, for sure. low back pain? And by the way, um, and the physicians kind of have a rough idea in their mind because they've done this uh, hundreds and if not thousands of times. But, but the equivalent of what, you, what is what, what mm, the Internet will have. And a couple of good sites mm. are, are the WebMD, uh, mayoclinic.org, um, Cleveland Clinic, uh, Harvard, uh, there are a bunch of uh, very, very excellent websites, and it, even by disease states, and it's written up in simple, for instance, I still to this day use the mayoclinic.org, and you can, they have uh, almost probably 60, 80% of the diseases I look up. I can print out the, what I read and hand it to the patient, and it's, yeah. and it's up to date, it's pretty dang accurate, it's written in pretty normal pretty normal english wow. uh with nice explanations of some of the jargon so you heard it here folks a real actual doctor is saying it's okay to look at webmd or mayoclinic.com it <laughs> it's accurate it's it's, it's so big yeah you know it's like oh my gosh uh, but but the answer is that's that's kind of the differential that's the list of possibilities okay, sure now, yours may be one of those right you know, it's almost always going to be not a there. diagnostic tool but it's right. a list of possibilities, possibilities to think about and stuff like that and then you kind of rank order them what's the most likely the most likely for a 27 year old who heard her back pop and whenever she spun around to grab some suitcase it's almost assuredly that she has a musculoskeletal what we call musculoskeletal ligament which holds bone to bone or tendon which holds muscle to bone injury it's unlikely fractures are unlikely aneurysm is unlikely tumors and unlikely kidney stones is unlikely shingles is unlikely a, a bunch of other things that could be listed mm. um, and so it's most likely musculoskeletal and then you can go down that algorithm that pathway of, 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 of waiting it out and some other things we'll talk about so i want people to kind of because they don't know the, the differential but webmd and, and 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 the mayo clinic will have the differential for them sure yeah okay um so can 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 i trust or can layla trust that her doctor given that her her injury seems very typical can right. she trust that her doctor is considering all of the possible causes for her low back pain and not just skipping to the most likely one. Unfortunately, and I know they say this in med school, you should just keep an open mind and open, you know, I think it's Buddhist, uh, you know, uh, mm -hmm. a beginner's mind. You should keep an open mind about everything. But unfortunately, physicians, nurse practitioners, they're already assessing you before you even walk in. Like I said, if they see you in the waiting room, if they see you walking in some of my, my, my offices, I could see people walking in mm. to my office, et cetera. I'm already assessing them. These are my regular patients. Right. They're, they're not new patients. They're, I'm already assessing them, but well before they step on the weight scale or before they, I see them in the exam room. Mm -hmm. So that's the first thing. Um, uh, so the answer is quickly no. The doc will not. The doc will uh, will will 
uh, zoom in on the most likely things quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, first of all, by, by by looking at your chart or watching you as you walk in, and then next they'll, 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 they'll this is where Bayes' theorem comes in. He'll get more information. He or she'll get more information as you as you talk, and then more information as they examine, then more information if they do X-rays or blood mm-hmm. work. So you 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 um, adjust the likelihood of uh, different things happening or causing. Uh, uh, treatments follow, mm-hmm. but the first thing is to name it and be able to diagnose it properly. Then the treatments are kind of algorithmic. Um, uh, they're kind of written out. They're not too creative. Sure. Um, so anyway, <clears throat> and that's and that's so you can't assume. And that's where the the patient may say, "Hey, I read this on WebMD, and I know that this is and this is more likely, but I'm worried about this because my great aunt had this, mm-hmm. and I, I know that's not what you just mentioned." Uh, and the doc could say, "Ah, don't look at that WebMD," or "Ah, that's uh, you know that's you know they were from the old country and they didn't do it like that." <laughs> that's where. But for me, that was a, my joy was my ability to to think and actually be stumped sometimes and say, "Let me go look it up." I'm not sure. You know, I've yeah. not I've not heard of that whatever disease or whatever else like that. Um, so it's uh, and and for and and I don't I, I use my specialist, whether I picked up the phone and curbsided them, and it's another term yeah. where you kind of get an informal consult. I you kind of run just kind of I'll run a fraction of what I was said uh, about this case to in front of one of my friends who's a back surgeon or, sure. or neurologist or pain specialist or f- physical therapist. And if I was stuck on something, and then you can certainly send them to a formal consultation where they right. have to get a. Uh, so let me let me ask a clarifying sure. question then. So it. It, it seems very likely that, um, you know, the cause of Layla's back pain is pretty straightforward and that the treatment right. would be pretty straightforward. A good clinician is not going to, is also going to weigh her, her risk factors for other more severe things. That's right. And she, and they're not just going to dismiss the fact that it could be this other thing that they're right. at risk for right. in favor of just taking the most likely option. Correct. Right. Yeah. So they're certainly, if, if they have a, even though you're young, but they have a strong family history for uh, hereditary colon cancer mm. uh, that shows up at age 20 or uh, and stuff like that. They're going to take that into account, even though it's very, very unlikely still in her that this that's, that she has a hidden colon cancer is causing her back pain. Right. But they, that's part of the reason why you have to learn more than just what happened at the airport. Right. You have to know about the right. family history. You have to know that they're not losing weight. You have to know about all that's, uh, you know, they're not losing weight because of a sure. more serious disease. So all that stuff matters. Um, um, the other piece of it is you always, uh, this is the key and this is important for people to know because I have relatives that are afraid to call their physicians and stuff, but, you know, uh, is that, is that the, the ability to get back to the physician or nurse practitioner PA, whether by telephone or by patient portal or a, a follow-up visit. And that's key. Then we do this in our office for different reasons, but that you make a follow-up visit. Like we expect this to be better in four weeks or three weeks or six weeks. So instead of calling me back, which is sometimes it's appropriate, sure. we'll make an appointment. Yeah. And if you're not better, I'll be able to see you and make an assessment that you need imaging or whatever. Uh, and uh, so uh, uh, as opposed to saying, well, call me if you, when you want to. Mm-hmm. Uh, so sometimes that shows that you, that the that the, the physician, nurse practitioner, physician cares, that they recognize it may not be totally gone, right. that they recognize that you're very anxious. Um, and so sometimes it's, not, it's nice. Um, uh, very few physicians will get on the telephone anymore. Right. So a lot of times it'll be on the patient portal, mm-hmm. which has got significant limitations. 
Um, so, um, so sometimes I'll, uh, you know, patients would, I'd rather have patients make an appointment. Yes, take up a pay appointment slot. Let me know 72 hours beforehand that they don't need to come in. Everything's much sure. better. Cancel it so I can fill it with somebody else. Exactly. Yeah. So I think we should put a plug in here for a second um, to, you know, the, the, for the value of good primary care and having a, an established yeah. relationship with a doctor that knows mm. you. You're, you know, Layla could probably get the same treatments that we're going right. to talk about here for her low back pain from urgent care That's or right. an ER, for example. A lot of times you do. But they aren't going to, you know, they're not going to be privy to all of this background stuff about, you know, her her recent health history, any of this, you know, the the stuff that you can only learn from having a relationship with a person for they, a longer they do a period good of time. Job. They do a pretty good job about getting the information, but you're right. They tend, People tend not to keep wanting to follow up with the ERs. Right. They're big and expensive and Insurance makes sure that they're expensive because they give you a, a humongous copay if you don't get admitted. Right. So that's one of the things that that's one of the sticks as opposed to carrot is stick that if you if you go to a real a big emergency regular emergency room mm -hmm. um, and you're not admitted then it's a two or three hundred dollar copay. Yeah, and stuff absolutely. Like that, plus whatever bills or yeah. Sure. Okay, great. So um, let's let's go ahead and transition then to um, the next part of this, which is my Layla's doctor suggests treatments, mm -hmm, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So w they, this is kind of a question I think um, many people have when they're going into a doctor's appointment with you know a specific ailment. Let's let's you keep stay with the low back pain. Mm -hmm. What's a reasonable expectation for when I leave the appointment that day? Sure. Meds, exercises, a back brace, referral to a specialist. Like what what is reasonable for Layla to walk in expecting here? Right. Well, so uh, you know low back pain is ex extremely common, and uh, and they, they they've done studies where if you walk into a PCP, primary care physician, nurse. Uh, um, um, uh, internist, uh, family medicine uh, uh, type of uh, practice, about 1% of the people will have something. If you take 100 people with low back pain, acute low back pain like Layla's, 1% mm. of them will have something serious and terrible. So 99% of them are going to get better within 4 to 12 weeks. Okay. That's still a long time. Yeah, that is a long time. But for, for, for us, it's still considered acute low back pain. Mm -hmm. If it's uh, if it's uh, if it's uh, if it's in the uh, if it's less than uh, less than three, 12 weeks, um, acute and subacute, I should say. Then after three three months or 12 weeks, then it becomes we start worrying about chronic issues. Mm -hmm. So uh, so that's that's the, that's the first thing. Um, um, the uh, the the next thing. Well, remind me what else is sure. Yeah, is, is should she expect you know meds right. or exercises yes. or a back brace? So the so unfortunately, there's so many things on the market because it's a chronic common condition. Yeah. So many things on the marketplace: stand up desks, uh, shoe inserts mm -hmm. uh, to help uh, tilt your you know, give you better arches and tilt your pelvis, um, uh, back braces, abdominal binders, um, all sorts of thumpers and all sorts of massage and all sorts of oils and all sorts of things. That's just stuff you could buy yourself without even a prescription. Right. Practically none of them have been shown to be helpful. Mm. Um, uh, anything better than just plain old time um, and not even Motrin. So the American College of Physicians came out in, I think, 2017 and said, before they used to say just Motrin, Tylenol, they said not nothing. For the first probably month, you can get away with zero uh, other than, uh, than massage, uh, if you want to do heat, uh, uh, cold, you know, mm. alternating uh, stretchings and stuff like that. So non-medic, not even not even over-the-counter products, let alone narcotics. Oh, by the way, that should be a big no-no. 
we should never start anybody unless it's going to be cancer or fracture or something this is severe uh, and this is not what we're addressing today nobody should be starting narcotics for this type of back pain ever okay even if it's even if it's persistent uh, past yeah. 12, past 12 weeks uh, it should not be it's a it's a humongous problem that this is part of the problem we run into in the united states is that we're you know, we're going to big guns or doing the tylenol with codeine or uh, hydrocodone or, or oxycodone products way too early for for musculoskeletal injuries uh, that uh, that uh, may need physical therapy, may need time, may need wrapping, splinting, but we should probably not be using any narcotics on practically any of these. These are not mm. bone, these are not bone breaks, or these are not cancer. Right. It's not cancer. Right? Can you talk a little bit about like the cost benefit analysis that the doctor is doing in their brain when they're thinking about sure. which of these things? Because I'm sure they're taking into consideration sure. how much pain, mm. immediate physical pain and discomfort the patient is in, right. versus the possible risks of any you know medications or treatments or anything like. Absolutely. That. So how does that how's that thought process work? Well, for me, the older the patient, the more likely they're going to have problems with the medications I would give them. Okay. So the young people tend not to have uh, uh, intestinal ulcerations, uh, stomach or, uh, or intestinal ulcerations from non-steroidals. Older folk do. Mm. Uh, so if I give somebody Motrin or Naproxen or Relafin, uh, Nambitone, um, the, the risk of me causing ulceration is fairly high, is not fairly high, but higher with the older we get so it's the first problem the next uh, the next thing is uh, racking up a bill in terms of imaging um, so uh, so x-rays cat scans mris so those are typical three occasionally we do something called bone scans not bone densities but bone scans for fractures and stuff like hmm. that um, so it's almost for this type of patient probably they probably never even 12 weeks out they probably should not um, get now unless something's worse you know, there's a difference between it's not getting that much better versus worse these people probably should not be getting any imaging, uh, probably, probably any, uh, even basic x-ray. Uh, uh, now, if you end up in urgent care ER, you almost invariably get an x-ray at least. They don't do MRIs typically in uh, right. uh, at emergency rooms. So either x-ray or CAT scan, depending on how much, which, what they're worried about. <clears throat> but almost everybody gets that. So that's why the, if you go to a primary care physician's office, they'll tend to treat you different, and they know you, they'll tend to treat you differently than urgent care or a uh, or the or an ER right. for, the, for the exact same person for the exact same condition. Interesting. So okay, so then here here's kind of like a, a follow on question is um, uh, it, it's unlikely for or it's you know mm -hmm. reasonable for Layla to expect that she's probably not going to be getting you know narcotics right. for the pain to manage the pain. Um, not she's even not, not even, sent not for a scan right. or anything like that. That's right. So, um, what if you know the, what are some likely suggestions that the mm -hmm. doctor is going to come up so, with here? Yeah, handouts in terms of physical uh, exercises for stretching. You don't necessarily need strengthening just yet. You right now she's in a pain spasm cycle. The mm -hmm. more pain you're in, the more spasm. Think of it as 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 you wrench. So you 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 twist and you. Uh, either partially tear or you stretch a ligament or a tendon and and so the surrounding uh, muscles tense up to make a kind of a splint sure and so of course whenever muscles are tense around it they, they themselves become painful and therefore you split some more muscles and so it's called the pain spasm cycle mm. um, so part of this uh, part of this is to avoid things that uh, initially not permanently initially avoid the stuff that hurt the things that hurt uh, so uh, so uh, that's that's the, that's the first thing. So if you're like, I have to pick up the baby, or I have to, it's like, all right. So now we're gonna have to uh, we're gonna have to figure out somebody else to help you, or the grocery, whatever it is. Uh, so that uh, you know, if certain responsibilities you can't you can't discharge, 
um, that somebody helps you until the pain spasm is improved. True. And this is with uh, typically with heat, massage, cold, uh, alternating heat and cold. Mm-hmm. Uh, physical therapy even can be helpful uh, early on. Typically, people don't. I tend to write for physical therapy early on because what what they, they start splinting and protecting that yeah so they alter their gait they alter what they you know how they cough and sneeze right so it throws, kind of throws off a whole bunch of other things right, okay, yeah. everything else so i tend to uh, have somebody somebody who can monitor them whenever they can't get in to see me mm-hmm. uh, i think it's extremely important and they teach them other things after they the pain spasm is improved mm-hmm. so that you less likely to be injured in the future if you have core better core which is your uh, your abdomen your back your mm-hmm. buttocks your your hamstrings it's kind of part of your core uh, support to support your anti-gravity muscles uh, that support your your torso yeah mm-hmm. okay so um i think she would probably she would probably be told some red flags to look out for and reasons to return to the doctor right. what what might some of those things some be? of them already would have happened by now but uh, but so so certainly if she has fevers or chills that tells us potentially infection or inflammation okay. infection uh, you know staph infection we can get staph infections of of, of our vertebrae, of joints in our back, epidural space, uh, and inflammation, which is oftentimes uh, arthritis, which is oftentimes not osteoarthritis, but uh, inflammatory arthro- arthropathies like uh, rheumatoid arthritis and, 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 and uh, psoriatic arthritis, et cetera. So, uh, so uh, if we have redness or warmth over a site in your back or fevers or chills, we worry about infection or inflammation. Mm-hmm. So those are the first things. Uh, so if, if uh, the other things are um, if you having if your pain is worse with recumbency, so if you recline on a on a recliner or on your bed and you take weight or uh, gravity uh, kind of d- take gravity pressures off of your spine and you feel worse, huh. that's not a good sign. Yeah, what because, might that indicate? Yeah, so sometimes that indicates a compression uh, okay. of of a, of of a nerve or spinal cord. Gotcha. So that's that's some of the, that's some of the things that we worry about. If it's worse whenever you come on when you uh, lay down. Yeah. Uh, so that's the other thing uh, with with low back pain. <clears throat> if we, we call it saddle anesthesia, that's your buttock is numb. It's like what you it's, it's the area that your buttock and thighs touch if you're riding a saddle of a horse. Right. Right. So your buttock, your center of your buttock, and your around your anus and goes down uh, into your into your thighs. It's called saddle anesthesia. It could go up into your labia or into the into the uh, scrotum. So it's a saddle. That's the area that would be touching the saddle. That's a bad sign for something called cauda equina syndrome. It's a, it's a Latin term. Cauda equina is the tail of a horse. So that's after your spinal cord stops at about L1, lumbar first level. It sends up a bunch of nerves down into your legs and your pelvis. And so if those are trapped, the cauda equina, the, the, the horse's tail, uh, horse's tail uh, if that's uh, trapped by, 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 by um, uh, tumor, uh, mm. then that's a, a medical emergency. Whenever you can't pee or poop right, so it turns out that uh, whenever we um, uh, we compress nerves uh, that go to your bladder or your colon, you uh, you have either you you're constipated, mm-hmm. uh, you can't you can't poop, because that affects peristalsis, right? Like the right. The, the muscles that move right. all that through. Okay, that's right. So if you can't poop or pee right, and normally you pee you know three times a day, and you can't you poop, uh, you, poop you know uh, you know twice a day, if all of a sudden you're not peeing or pooping for days at a time. 
yes, it could be from pain medicine somebody gave you, or you could be in severe pain, and that could also cause it. But the other thing is uh, tumors. Very, very rare. And usually it happens in people who've had cancer within the last five years, certain okay. types of cancers that tend to metastasize. So it's not usually the first presenting sign for a cancer for somebody, uh, but it's somebody who's had a history of cancer, usually older, older folk. Mm -hmm. So uh, so if you have a bladder bowel in, uh, uh, retentions, you could also have urinary incontinence so that you don't feel yourself uh, leaking. That's the other thing. So urinary incontinence, urinary retention, we don't pee, fecal, uh, uh, fecal uh, uh, retention, constipation, uh, saddle anesthesia, those are big red, uh, signs. And then, the, and then certainly the fevers and uh, fevers and chills are, are the, and, and not and it not getting better whenever you try to take weight off of your back. Sure, sure. Mm -hmm. So, um, what if? Okay, so you know, it's possible for Layla to leave this appointment feeling a little bit discouraged, yes, right? Right. So, can you can you talk to us a little bit about like the a, a good doctor's role sure. in like managing expectations and normalizing certain types of discomfort, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, but also, you know, being encouraging mm -hmm. and having an openness to mm -hmm. a next step mm -hmm. or a, a second opinion or a mm -hmm. specialist kind of a plan if sure. this doesn't help. Yeah. Can you talk more about that? Some physicians don't want to open up because it just makes the visit too, it's the first visit, yeah. it's only been 10 days. Yeah. So from the physician standpoint, this is nothing, this is trivial. You're young and healthy, you're gonna get better, whether yeah. it's a week <laughs> or a month or you know whatever, you're gonna get better. But for her, because once again, it's dependent on her history, her mm -hmm. culture, everything else of how disabled she believes that she is, how much how much it alters her day-to-day -day existence, uh, you know, uh, so, uh, so part of it is that is that some physicians, nurse practitioners, PAs don't want to tell you every single thing about what potential sure. or potential for MRI three months from now because it just takes too much time to be, and a lot of stuff can change in the meantime. Right. But some people need to know that you've thought about it, yep. right? And so sometimes it's nice to write things out and you say if this then that. So there's an algorithm you can you can get it from books and stuff like. There's an algorithm that says if this then that, and if not this then not that. Uh, so you can write an algorithm out. It's like you know, and you sometimes because people remember parts of it, the parts that they, yeah. they they're afraid of or they want to remember, then they will totally ignore everything else. So part of this is writing it out or having it pre-written out because it's so common that people come sure. in with this type of stuff. So you have pre-written out, you could checklist it, um, um, and and then and 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 having an appointment uh, to. To come back or to call back, whatever technique, or to 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 enter information on the patient portal. Um, uh, sometimes I've done what you just said. Sometimes in certain patients that I could tell that they're not just going to be happy. They need to see some gray-haired, uh, you know, person with 50 years of experience at, at a university. I will give them the name and, and the numbers sing, on a single yeah. type of bone right. or system. Right. Yeah, okay. I'll give them. I'll give, that's right. I'll give them. I'll give them a name or a number yeah. of, of a couple of people to say you don't need to see them now, or you know what. Go ahead and make an appointment three months from now so that you don't have to wait to get into mm. the university or whatever like that. But in the meantime, let's do this and this and I'll see you this and that. And we have to do some other things before you see that person. Right. But sometimes that's enough of, of a linus blanket, that comfort that, yeah. that they can hold their chest, even if it doesn't do much. But uh, it's just something important. Same thing with medicine. Um, you know, sometimes I say, don't use this medicine, don't use this steroid pack or whatever. Uh, I tend to use steroid packs as a big no-no. Uh, but mm. uh, once again, uh, so don't use this unless you call me and blah, blah, blah. So it's important to give people uh, uh, and, and write it out and write it out in your own notes so you remember because you, sometimes you don't remember what you told them or the order of mm -hmm. doing things. But sometimes that's enough to appease people. Sure. Um, um, and some people need to come back in a week and instead of coming back in three weeks or three months. Mm -hmm. Sometimes they have to come back in a week so they can you know you can eyeball them again. 
Yeah. So what if, you know, obviously this is definitely an ideal scenario and you're sure. an, an excellent and very thorough and experienced internist. So this is the way that at you least, practice. At least for the podcast. <laughs> Layla may not be quite as lucky or maybe she doesn't have as good of a connection with her, right. with her, uh, you know, physician. How can she advocate for herself if she leaves feeling sure. like I, I'm not perfectly sure. satisfied with this? Well, one of the things, and this has only come after many years of me kind of wading through stuff. And I, I went through this, uh, um, 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 recently, whenever I went to see a physician, I want to know what I want to get out of the visit. And mm. it's, it's like mm-hmm. it's like anything in life. Um, um, you know, if you want to go to a lecture, what am I wanting? You know, they usually tell you the, the objectives of the lecture and what they, the targets of the information that you're going to try yes. to pass so that the, you, you know what you're supposed to be getting out of it. Yes. Um, so some of this, you know, if I say I need to get a, a specialist or I need to get a narcotic or I need to have reassurance that's not cancer or I need to be able to, to go to, you know, you know, come back, you know, sooner than later. So some of that stuff is important for you to understand yourself and be able to voice it out loud. Yeah. It doesn't mean automatically you're going to get it or you're going to get it from this person or get mm-hmm. it right now. But some of it is otherwise you're just going to feel dissatisfied because you never voiced it. Sure. And which is a big difference than voicing it and they're saying, no, I see what you're worried about and I don't worry about it uh, versus like you never voiced it at all. Right. I really like that. So kind of going into these appointments with a clarity of intention right. and right. maybe that's just to get your questions answered. Right. Maybe that's to find immediate relief for what you're experiencing. Sure. And those are re- those are reasonable intentions right. to have right. um, going into your and, appointment. So and that's whenever, great. whenever the doctor makes recommendations they should always have a purpose or reason behind it mm-hmm. um you know i, I whenever i was re- looking up this stuff i don't remember that the american college of physicians came out back in a few years ago and said hey even motrin is not needed for, for the first month yeah and stuff like that so uh because other stuff seems to work for me i you know uh, sending early to physical therapy and non-steroidals but i'm probably over treating and therefore using up resources and putting a person at risk of, of, of stuff from, from non-steroidal, uh, mm-hmm. side effects from non-steroidals. Uh, so I have to, you know, we, we're, always, we're always learning more. Uh, there's bigger and bigger data. There's better ways to crunch it and publish it. We get overwhelmed. I use resources like, like uh, not more professional, something called UpToDate, which even uh, uh, regular fo- non-medical folks can subscribe to it. It's kind of expensive, but UpToDate is more is, is more medical terms. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's one of the things that uh, one of the resources that a lot of physicians use because it, it's an aggregator of information, yeah. of, of evidence-based information. And then there's something else that we use is called uh, Cochr- the Cochrane Database. Uh, Cochrane Review, C-O-C-H-R-A-N-E, maybe. Uh, but anyway, they do evidence-based uh, medicine reviews. And so there's some stuff out there that if you, you wonder why your doc is saying, or if the doc is not saying something, mm-hmm. then you say, hey, you know, I read this here, and I'm, I'm wondering why you're not, you know, not don't believe in it or don't, not following it. Sure. Yeah. Okay, so we kind of established that, you know, Layla's scenario is pretty typical. Let's assume that a couple of things were different and that, you sure. know, it was maybe more severe. So, um you know, and, and this kind of gets into the navigating the, the system yes. part of it. So my doctor suggests other testing or non-drug therapies. So what are um, what are maybe the possible reasons for to refer Layla to a specialist? So, right. Yeah. So some things I, I need to send her uh, immediately to the emergency room. She okay. comes and tells me that she's having, uh, you know, she's having fevers and low back pain. And I percuss her uh, or hit, uh, bang. This is uh, you actually take your fist gently, the side of your fist. <laughs> uh, you could palpate or just push it with your thumb down her vertebrae. Or you could percuss, which is gently with the side of your fist. Kind of a thump. Thumping. Thump, thump. Yes. Yeah. Thumping. Okay. Yeah, that's it. Uh, percuss. <laughs> and, and she yelps, uh, yelps. And yeah. so her vertebrae are tender or she's had fevers or chills. 
those people may need to immediately go to the emergency room. They not mm-hmm. not wait another few weeks to get to the specialist or a few months, et cetera. Some of these, some of these people needs is much more urgent. If I if I feel that her pain uh, now as I talk to her, her pain starts in her right low back, but now it's wrapping around into her groin towards her uterus, mm-hmm. towards her urethra and her groin. That might be a, a kidney stone that's trying to pass. So that tends to be more urgent uh, also because of the pain, yeah. because it could obstruct one of the kidneys right. or partially obstruct and can cause kidney damage that way. Uh, that's the stuff. Uh, some people have uh, have shingles. Uh, they'll they'll come in with back pain, and you're like, "There's nothing there." And then two days later, they'll break out in a rash where you were looking or pressing, and that's uh, oftentimes shingles, which is wraps. It's half. Uh, it's usually it's not usually bilateral. It's on both sides. Usually one side or the other side. Usually torso. It can be in the face. It can be uh, elsewhere. I've seen it elsewhere on limbs and and uh, and uh, other places. But typically it's a torso, um, and and it's usually half, one side. Uh, so it's a half. It starts with the vertebrae and wraps around the ribs, around the low back, and wraps around the belly. And so those people, uh, those people, you want to know about sooner than later because you want to see them. You want to start them on antiviral sure. uh, uh, medicine, which can help shorten the course and help prevent something called neuropathy. So there's something called post-herpetic neuropathy. Uh, after herpes, this is not herpes. Uh, we used to call it a herpes uh, zoster, but then they call uh, they renamed it many years ago varicella zoster. Um, and uh, and so it's in the herpes family. It's very infectious, mm. and it hurts like the dickens whenever it causes pain because it comes out of, it destroys the nerve as it comes out wow. of the nerve. Yeah. Yeah. And so those are some things that you want to jump on more quickly. Could she be having any kind of like gynecological or obstetrical ah, sure. issue? So an ectopic pregnancy may not show up. It'll show up typically as a pelvic. So ectopic, I should say, um, is that the um, uh, the egg, which is released from the ovary, is supposed to be caught. I call it like for caught with mm-hmm. uh, with the fallopian mm-hmm. tubes, and then the tubes are sh- uh, shoot uh, the egg down towards the uterus, the womb. Uh, but sometimes the egg. Uh, is not caught by the fallopian tubes, or uh, I'm sorry, either, uh, excuse me, it gets stuck in the fallopian tube, and he's, uh, and and a baby starts going and is fertilized in the fallopian tubes. Actually, technically, it is fertilized, and then it goes implants in the uterus. Mm-hmm. But if it if it does not make it all the way down to the uterus and starts growing a baby, a fetus. Uh, in in the uh, in the fallopian tubes, you, that's also a medical emergency because the baby's going in a very tight space. It could rupture and you could hemorrhage. Yeah. Uh, so some of that will become sometimes pelvic and abdominal pain. Occasionally, it'll become back pain. Um, uh, so that's the other thing. Um, what I alluded to here, whenever the patient was having pain during ovulation, so in between menstruations, is uh, in the middle of it would be ovulation when the uh, ovary ex- uh, expresses an egg, pops out an egg, usually one side or the other. So one month is the right side, the next month is the left side. Mm-hmm. Usually one egg. If you if you put out more than one egg, you can get twins and triplets, etc. But it's usually one egg. But it's also whenever it releases the egg from from the ovary, it releases a little bit of blood. So right. these people, it's called middle schmerz. It's a little German ter- uh, term, and and so that hurts like it feels like appendicitis. Yeah, um, right. and uh, so uh, that same hurts. thing with like polycystic ovarian syndrome Bingo. too. Yeah. So if people hemorrhage into a cyst in, uh, as in their ovary, a chocolate cyst is what uh, sometimes it's called. Uh, they could also have the same type of uh, pain, pelvic pain, sometimes very low back pain, usually a pelvic and abdominal pain. Yeah, that's the stuff. There are some conditions that are some STDs that um, uh, that you'll get chlamydia of the fallopian tubes uh, and uh, have significant pelvic pain sometimes in the back, wow. uh, low back, uh, pretty significant serious uh, PID, pelvic inflammatory disease. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's some of the stuff. There are some other things uh, you can get um, diverticulitis. 
Um, uh, typically, it's in the low pelvic, uh, low abdomen, low pelvic area. Occasionally, depending on where the diverticulum is, if it's pointing towards the back of the pelvis and attaches and stuff, it can cause posterior pelvis and low back pains. Uh, uh, that's pretty rare. Um, those some of the stuff. Uh, so yeah, um, sure. And, and then fractures of the vertebrae and osteoporosis. This is typically older pe- people who either been on long term steroids or people older people who have thinner bones. Uh, the bone matrix, uh, the bone architecture has been thinned out, mm-hmm. and these people can just roll out of bed and cr- crack a ri- crack a rib and crack a vertebrae. Right. Those hurt like the Dickens, and they're very point. What we call point tender. You could push on Oof. one vertebrae, one rib, and it's pretty dang t- uh, tender. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so we kind of covered, you know, the, the some of those are emergency situations. Mm-hmm. Some of those are uh, you're going to be sent to a specialist and they'll maybe identify them. Sure. Your, uh, uh, your physician should give you a referral. If they want you to go somewhere mm-hmm. specific mm-hmm. soon, mm-hmm. they should give you a referral or call a referral into that office. Mm-hmm. What if they give you something general, like, um, you know, m- maybe they prescribe physical therapy mm-hmm. and they don't refer you to a specific specialist. Right. Is that the kind of thing you can utilize your resources through your insurance company right. to identify where to go? Well, let me jump back for the referral. Sometimes sure. they will, even if they want you to go see a specific person they won't make the sometimes they're, they're very kind to make the appointment from the your front their uh-huh. staff will make an appointment for you through the person a lot of times they won't it's a lot of time they'll want you to go home and call and then once you call and make an appointment with that specialist then you call back the your primary care office and then they will because the referral is very specific for a time and place and a person uh, okay so they want you to know where you're going to be going and what dates and stuff like that then mm. when you call back a primary care then they'll send the referral to the insurance company referral just means in this case uh, this is a formal referral it just means that the that the primary care t- Doctors telling certain insurance plans, not every insurance plan requires a referral. They're telling the insurance plan to pay this specialist because I sent this person yes, to the specialist. Right. This is That's not all. an elective visit to right. a specialist. Yeah, this okay. is she's not she or he are not making up on their own that I wanted them to go there, and so please pay the, the specialist. Sure. Um, and the specialist anyway. Uh, so that's that's, uh, that's that's the referral. The next thing is that yeah, if they give you just say go see go see a physical therapist near you, then you're correct. Then uh, your insurance plan, if you have one. Oftentimes, they contract with different physical therapy groups, hmm. um, and so you want to stay in network yeah. to get the most amount of benefits for what you paid for, what your company's paid for. Uh, just because there's good physical therapy or they advertise or they're nearby mm-hmm. or they have a lot of offices does not mean that they're the best for within your insurance plan. Right. Um, and even within physical therapy groups and chiropractic groups, they use different philosophies and different techniques. I know it's kind of overwhelming. Um, the McKinsey technique and uh, and and uh, myofascial release techniques and a bunch of different names and different techniques mm-hmm. out there. So don't give up uh, uh, if you don't. It doesn't quite work out for you. Sure. Well, okay. So that kind of you know, we're kind of getting ready to wrap up here, but. Mm-hmm. Um, why? So I, I think that th- this will be a question probably on people's minds or any of these like, you know, functional issues like my back hurts and it's difficult for me to move around. Right. Why does my physician or therapist or whatever want me to keep moving? Mm-hmm. It, mm-hmm. It, how is moving more going to help it hurt less when right. it hurts when I move? <laughs> so decades so decades ago, we used to put people in bed rest for, for, um, for weeks and months, literally months, we would put people in bed rest for back, bad backs. Wow. What would happen is that their pain would somewhat get better but they would lose all their muscle, uh, their muscle um, uh, strength uh, all over. Wow! So these people had a hard time uh, uh, structurally 
reaching and bending and twisting because now everything was weak mm. and so now they were more likely to hurt themselves because okay. they were they, they became a deconditioned uh, so what we we certainly want people not if, if, if you need no more than probably two or three days in bed or stuff like that mm. uh, but uh, for acute low back pain like this um, and then and then we want people to get up and walk we don't want you necessarily to lift and carry and do push-ups yeah. and sit-ups or anything like that in fact sit-ups are probably bad for you uh, for your back and it is they are bad for you uh, what we want is to be able to make sure and um, one of the biggest things for any chronic pain especially low back pain is to walk right um, certainly if you have like like discrepancy or arch problems or knee problems or hip problems, you want to get those addressed. But it turns out walking is one of the better things. Um, the other thing is also to for weight control. So it right. turns out uh, that's why women who gain uh, all women who gain weight during their pregnancy back problems are a humongous thing because your mm-hmm. your 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 uh, your um, S curve, your gravity curve, um, and that's another thing that's a visual. Uh, your 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 from your head to your tailbone is not a straight line. It's a, it's a, it's a zigzag uh, 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 back and forth so that it's kind of a shock absorbing zigzag of your vertebrae. So, uh, so um, it turns out to keep your, keep your back straight is not technically, even though it may look straight from the outside, sure. it's not how it curves on uh, when we look at x-rays and stuff like that. So, um, so it turns out that good posture when sitting, good posture when sleeping. Um, a lot of people need to sleep like I do with, uh, with you know, two or three pillows underneath my head, hugging a pillow, a pillow yep. between my knees if I'm, I'm sleeping same on my way. side. I yep. a lot of pillows. Lots of pillows. <laughs> uh, so, uh, and uh, how we sit and how a lot of us are with our head hunched over uh, texting or typing. So there's a lot of there's a lot of be- much better posture for for not just our, our our low backs but for our necks and our shoulders and our wrists. Sure. Um, so uh, ergonomics is extremely important. Uh, but um, the other thing that we have I didn't have, a lot of people are worried about this big C the cancer, cancer. word. Um, and so uh, certainly the, you know there's no way to guess or get. That's what you tell the doc. I worry you know my mom had cancer. I'm like but you're but you're 27. But my mom had cancer. But she was 85. But my mom had cancer. Fine you know so that needs to be addressed about. Uh, about uh, even if it's just to, 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 to have you come back uh, and, and so make sure that everything corrects, yeah. even if they don't do anything to, to, to look for cancer uh, because they don't think that you're at risk even despite a family history or whatever. Right. If you've had a history of cancer, breast cancer, melanoma, uh, 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 and uh, 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 those are at high risk of going to bone, mm-hmm. uh, kid, uh, renal, uh, renal cell cancers, uh, um, uh, prostate cancers, uh, those are at high risk of going to bone. Uh, so with, it's certainly within the last five years, if you had any of those, no matter what your age, uh, that's always a consideration. Um, so, yeah. Sure. Okay, well, we, we covered a bunch of yeah. stuff here today. I think that, um, you know, I'm just glad that we got to use Layla's example here. <laughs> Thank you very much for coming up with sure. an excellent case study, Dr. Tadros. Yeah. So I'm going to kind of give us, like, run down a little bit of conclusion of, like, what pe- what we want people listening to this to take away from this when they're, going to their doctor, their physicians or whatever with their own, you know, um, acute issue that yes. maybe is not as straightforward as a sinus infection or something like that. So right. number one, understand how the doctor is thinking. They have medical and non-medical concerns that they're thinking about. Mm-hmm. They are 
very focused on objective sources of information, including observation, your your history, um, vitals that they can measure in the mm-hmm. office. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're also they also want to take into consideration your theories about what could be happening to you yeah, as well. Yeah, they want to ex- examine you and also right. what your belief system is. That's of right. Of course. Mm-hmm. So um, you want to listen to possible diagnoses and explanations with an open mind. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's important for you to understand when you're listening to that this may not be a complete list, right? That's right. The doctor is often, fo- or you know, nurse practitioner or whoever is often focused on the most likely scenario. That's right. And they are ruling out emergency situations mm-hmm. or um, you know anything that needs to be treated immediately. Mm-hmm. So they are definitely doing, you know, weighing those uh, issues for you as they're giving their you know diagnosis. Mm-hmm. So. Um, have reasonable expe- expectations for appointments. Um, if you have a, you know, a, a, a common, um, you know, sort of re- regular issue such as back pain, don't go in expecting, uh, you know, your, fir- your first visit for your complaint, expecting a steroid shot or an MRI. That's right. That it, you, you might come away disappointed. That's right. And a great way to have a reasonable expectation is to go in with a clear intention of what you want to come out of the appointment mm-hmm. with. Mm-hmm. It, it may not be a reasonable intention to, you know, expect I'm going to get a steroid shot out of this. Sure. But a reasonable intention would be I'm going to get my questions answered about what could be causing this. Right. And I'm going to leave with a plan of action to understand what I can do to help with this and what I should do going forward. And sometimes forward. instead of a steroid shot, which oftentimes is not helpful and has not been shown to be helpful for for long term, this is a variety of different steroid mm-hmm. shots for different back conditions. But sometimes it's that you get a Family Medical Leave Act to cut back on certain types of work sure. or give you time off of work and stuff like that. So I know that becomes a financial issue, but... Yeah. Absolutely. Um, you want to listen carefully to red, red flag symptoms mm-hmm. um, and, you know, make sure you have a list of those or, to, you know, pay attention to them or bring a person with you to the appointment that can pay attention to those things for you. Fevers, chills, night sweats, weight loss. Uh, your pain gets worse whenever you try to rec- uh, recline. Mm-hmm. Things are getting worse over time instead of better, so gently better, according to what the time scale the physician laid out for you, the nurse practitioner laid right. out for you. Uh-huh. Be prepared for and open to non-drug therapies for mm-hmm. common conditions of typical severity. That's Obviously, right. there are you know other outside things, but you know normal mm-hmm. run-of-the-mill everyday back pain. There is a lot of this mm-hmm. is going to be you know kind of at-home stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, keep moving, which works for a whole lot of issues. Do mm-hmm. not just lay up in bed for weeks on on end, right. and that causes other add-on issues. Mm-hmm. Um, utilize your insurance company's website or phone number to find resources. Uh, for non-drug therapies so those might be um, you know they you know they they might have specific resources for other types of therapy for treating low back pain for example or mm-hmm. if your doctor says hey I want you to get physical therapy you that's can right. use your insurance company's resources to find a therapist that's in network that'll be covered for you under your plan mm-hmm. and then finally Prevent what you can by staying active. So mm-hmm. being strong and flexible, eating well-balanced diet, maintaining a healthy weight, which mm-hmm. decreases stress on your musculoskeletal system, mm-hmm. um, and minimizing physical and mental stress. Yep. Um, Stopping yeah. tobacco. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Stopping tobacco. And uh, like you said, uh, um, uh, so some core strengthening may be helpful and also some, uh, some flexibility. 
-hmm. Some people are not flexible because they're they're power lifters and stuff like that. But the most the rest of us need to be flexible. Have to be able to appropriately bend down and lift uh, with our knees and True. hips, etc. So which means Good mechanics, certain, right? Yeah. Which means that we have to have a certain level of flexibility at your knees and your hips. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the problems we see as we grow older is that people have sacroiliac joint and hip and knee problems, and therefore they can't bend over. Or they can't squat down. Therefore they tend to bend over and use. Poor mechanics. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Absolutely. Very cool stuff. All right. Well, I know this was kind of a beast of a topic, but I hope this is giving people kind of a framework to think about their mm -hmm. own issues and also, you know, get, giving a sense of empowerment mm -hmm. um, that you can get your issues addressed. As that's we right. always say, there's always there are always hope and options in, in healthcare, right. um, physical and mental health, both. Um, Dr. Tadros, thank you so much thank for talking you. to us about this today. Yeah, it was fun. Of course, if you want to get involved with the pod or have any questions or suggestions for us, you can shoot us an email at notyourdocpod at gmail.com. That is notyourdocpod at gmail.com. We are going to sign off for now, and we'll see you next time. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. This previous podcast represents my opinions and the opinions of my guests. This is not medical advice, and I'm not establishing a physician-patient relationship with any listener. The content here should not be taken as medical advice. The content here is for informational purposes only, and because each patient is so unique, please consult your healthcare professional for any medical questions that you may have.